the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder and sometimes non-black powder elk hunting stuff. Um, <laughs> but who can blame us? So uh, today... We have some very exciting stuff we're going to be talking about, and I'm glad that Nate is here to join me because Nate has uh, a lot of experience in this, and we're going to be talking about load development because we get a lot of questions. Uh, you guys message me pretty frequently. Uh, we get comments. What load do I need to use in my muzzleloader? And our answer is usually, well, here's a good one to start with, but you're going to have to get to the range, and you're going to have to do your own load development because every muzzleloader is different. Every powder is different. Every bullet is different. Um, so no matter what we tell you, you're going to have to get there and you're going to have to do the fine tuning yourself because, uh, you know, it's like snowflakes. So, yep. No two barrels are the same. Harmonics are different. Yeah. And even something that people don't really even know too, is if it's 50 caliber, that doesn't mean it's not, not everything is exactly five Oh Oh. Like there's, you know, CVAs tend to be closer to that five Oh Oh. Whereas like Thompson centers were usually more towards like a five Oh three, so it just depends on your make and model and everything's different. So there's a lot of variables, but don't worry. We're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into a lot of that information so that you can go to the range this weekend and confidently do some load development and uh, get ready for any upcoming seasons you have. So This weekend specifically, get to the range. Yes, this, 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 this weekend, weekend, even though we're recording and you're not going <laughs> to see it for two or three weeks, you know, you're going to have to get there this weekend. So. But the weekend after you hear this podcast. That's, yes, that's the weekend that you need to do it. <laughs> um, so what is needed to conduct a proper load development or range day, Nate? Oof, man, that's a convoluted question. Yes. Loaded, <laughs> loaded question. Um, Let's I, unload it. I like to take... Oh, I thought we were going to load it so we could shoot it. <laughs> um, I like to take everything. I mean, I'm more of the... I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. So I take my chronograph. I take, you know, uh, various shooting bags, uh, bipod. Obviously, if, if you want to... If you're... I like to do two things at once. You know, a lot of people will literally just shoot over a chronograph and just look for their SDs and the S's, which we'll get to what those mean here in a minute. Yeah. Um, and not even worry about point of impact. Mm -hmm. I like to try to do both at the same time. So I will take my bipod and my bag and chronograph and everything and then shoot for group as I'm watching what my SDs and the S's are doing mm -hmm. at the same time. So... Um, are SDs and ESs, do they directly correlate to accuracy? Or could you have something that has good SDs and ESs, but shoots like crappy groups? Typically, if your SD is not good, you, uh, you're not going to have a great group. I have had, on very rare occasions, where I've had not great SDs, but they weren't horrible, but had a really tight group. Mm -hmm. But that's not as common. I mean, typically, if you have really tight SDs and the S's, then your group is money. Okay. So. Makes sense. Yeah. And so if you're heading out to the range, uh, a chronograph is something that is extremely beneficial and helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to need that. You cannot calculate your extreme spread and standard deviation without a chronograph because you're not going to be able to measure your velocity. Yeah. Um, you're going to need your muzzle loader, And then like I... I usually do the scientific approach when I'm doing load development, which is, you know, what I would recommend most people do because so you're going to take 
say you're just wanting to determine what powder you want to use, you'll just take three or four different powders that are your prospects and run them with the same bullet and everything else is baseline, but you're just changing the powder each time. And then, okay, this powder seems to work good. And then you can do the bullet. You can say, okay, I'm going to try this bullet and this one's money. And then you shoot them together and then, you know, kind of work from there. So you're going to need your muzzle loader, bullets, powders, um, and whatever prospects is what we'll call them is mm-hmm. what, whatever prospects that you need. So say you're trying to choose between Blackhorn and triple seven or whatever, or Blackhorn and pirate X select, bring those powders, yep. try both of them in, you know, I, it depends, you know, there's two different schools of thought, you know, you can do groups of three, but if you're trying to measure velocity, a group of five is usually more accurate. Um, and then you can kind of push everything together. So it's 830 <laughs> AM. <laughs> I don't drop it. <laughs> Nate, actually, he doesn't usually wake up until 830. So it's <laughs> time for the morning meeting. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> every time, every time we try to do a podcast, <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what were we talking about? Uh, scientific approach, bringing all oh, your yeah. prospects. That's right. Yeah. So it, like, like I say, you know, the five shot groups, usually the way to go. What do you usually do, Nate? I like to use a lot of forums. You know, I don't like to waste a ton of resources, especially in this day and age. Um, mm-hmm. I'll kind of look at what other what's worked for other people first you know mm. I, I like a lot of forums and I'm I do a ton of internet research I'm like okay well this powder's mentioned a bunch this powder's mm. mentioned a bunch these bullets are mentioned a bunch these bullets are mentioned a bunch yeah and then I'll kind of narrow it down to okay I'm, I'm gonna try this and this and this and I'm gonna shoot five shot groups of each one and kind of based off of that and, and just experience as well of going okay well that seems like might be too much powder too little and then I kind of narrow it down to the, th- the three prospects like like you were saying Only yeah. instead of bringing a bunch of stuff I just narrow it down to what I think is going to work for sure yeah and that's like I say forums um, if you give us a call then we can kind of give you okay these two or three powders and these two or three bullets usually work really well out of your muzzleloader um and one thing you want to keep in mind, too, is different primers are going to respond differently with different yep, powders. So if you're, if you're not able to find a magnum a magnum primer, we're not going to recommend Blackhorn because you're going to have inconsistent SDs and likely some accuracy issues. Um, so if you're able to find, like, you know, let's say 777 primers, we would probably recommend going with, like, the Firestar pellets because they pair extremely well together. Uh, and then you can kind of pick a few other things and kind of work your scientific approach that way but at least you kind of narrow narrow it down a little bit because there's you know 10 or 15 different black powder choices that you could use and 10 or 15 primers and 10 or 15 there's tons of bullets you know yeah so it's good to narrow it down to a few options that you're really that are going to fit your needs that you can kind of work with in your muzzle well and this year it's more what's available to i mean a lot of people um that weren't prepared Mm -hmm. (laughs) and didn't stock up on stuff you know if you haven't been doing the muzzleloader thing for a long time then what you can get is pretty scarce and Mm -hmm. so building a a load with what you have i think is also crucial as well like yeah how can i make this work Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes if you've got a bad combination of 
three things. Let's say you've just got a bullet that's not working with your gun and you've got some powder that's just not working with your gun and the primer's not working with your gun either. Now you're kind of in a situation where you might have to drop down to 70 grains of powder to mm-hmm. to make that combination of three things work. But if that's what you got to work with and that's what shoots the best, I'd rather have a slow load that hits where I'm aiming any day rather than something that's just hopped up and inconsistent. Yeah, because accuracy at the end of the day is the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, ethics. Know, people, people chase velocities a lot, but... Um, we actually just recorded a podcast with Tony Smotherman. We kind of talked about this very thing where, you know, he used the analogy of a, of a pickup truck. Like your pickup truck will drive, you know, 100 miles an hour, but is it going to handle very well at that at that speed? You know, it might handle a little bit better at a lower speed, you know, and it's better to be accurate than with a slow load than all over the place mm-hmm. with something that's extremely fast. So. Um, there's kind of that happy medium where you want to make sure you're getting as high a velocity as you can without sacrificing the accuracy. And that's why there's so much that goes into this. And that's why you have to do your own load development. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, another thing is, do you have to do load development for each individual muzzleloader? Um, if you haven't determined that from what we've been saying, I would definitely recommend it because every muzzleloader is completely different. Um, every muzzleloader, even if you have two of the exact, say you have two traditions pursuit vapor xts you have two of them they're the exact same even if they're even if they're lot numbers or like one apart yeah it's like there's still going to be some minute differences and they'll likely shoot pretty close to the same but it's still always a good idea to um do load development for each one because there could be you never know i mean there could be just some random i mean even even um torque on different bolts that hold the gun together can make a difference in accuracy i mean it's Mm -hmm. insane Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> there, sure. uh, there are no two rifles that are exactly the same. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely something where you, you know, whatever muzzleloader you have, and you can even, a lot of these same principles are going to apply to any center fires that you guys oh, are absolutely. shooting too, because um, it's just a little easier with center fires unless you reload. Because if you're not reloading, you can just try different bullets and just go to town. Um, but if you're doing load development, reloading, then that's it. That is even, that's a whole nother thing that, uh, you know, we're not going to get into cause it's not really the focus, but I'm sure Nate would love to talk oh, about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get down that rabbit hole, let's just not even go down. Don't there. go there. I'm already itching. Don't do it, Alice. <laughs> Don't go down the hole. <laughs> um, so, uh, how do we conduct a load development test? Um, and I think that's going to come down to what you're trying to test and also i mean there's a few different ways to do it so nate let's get your take on on how you do it first yeah sure i mean i like to set up my chronograph first um get my prospects out like like Mm -hmm. you were saying um kind of figure out where my starting point's going to be and then i'll get my chronograph turned on and get my bipod all set up and bag and obviously i want to be as steady as possible so i'm not trying to shoot off of a, the back of a pickup truck or something like that you know yeah mm-hmm. um if i'm shooting for groups plus checking my sds and the s's obviously then i'm that's when the bag and the bipod are super important mm-hmm. um and then i'll just shoot a three or five shot group um depending on what i've got available mm-hmm. you know obviously if i'm running low on powders and stuff like that and bullets and trying to conserve like <laughs> I know everybody is this this year mm-hmm. um, I'll shoot a three shot group and, and call that good and 
check my yeses nesties off that but i prefer a five shot or even a 10 i mean on a good year when things are just the powders flowing like rain (laughs) (laughs) no shortages then yeah 10 shot group is by far the best to get your a real good range of your SDs. What about yeses. a 20 shot group? That's excessive. <laughs> <laughs> what about a hundred? If, if shots? you shoot a, if you shoot a <laughs> sub 10 SD with a 20 shot group, man, you, you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I mean, more data is always better if you, for sure. But I think 20, 20, <laughs> 20 is, is like too much. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so anyway, then I'll shoot across the chronograph mm-hmm. or I use elaborate our personally. Um, I, I find it to be the most accurate. Well, it, it'll it'll measure and calculate your SDs and ESs and everything yeah. in in the actual apparatus. And right? it'll actually tell you how much drop you have at 100 yards and everything because it tracks, it'll actually pick up your bullet at five different points down the range. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Technology is insane. Yeah. And that is, uh, and they just use uh, radar. It's basically a radar gun hmm. that picks up your bullet. That's not just any radar gun, though, because it's measuring a bullet. Not yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty insane. Well, I mean, you can use it for a bow. You can use it for a muzzleloader. You can use it as a centerfire. I mean, I've shot shot my bow through it just to see what kind of speed I'm getting with my bow. And single-digit SDs with my bow. I'm just, just <laughs> <laughs> Low development with a bow. That'll be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, not a thing. It's, yeah. pretty, <laughs> it's pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, then I just shoot across the, the lab radar and, or uh, chronograph of some sort and check my SDs and ESs based off of that and check my groups as well. And mm-hmm. if it all looks good, then great. If mm-hmm. not, then back to the drawing board. <laughs> Start yeah. over. Try yeah. some other different prospects. But usually if you take three or four different prospects to the range, you find a combination of something that works, especially if you do your research ahead of time. For sure, yeah. There's there's things that just usually work, and you know you'll eventually hit one. Um, Low so, development with the nitro fire, easy. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually talking to a, a guy yesterday, and we were talking about low development with the nitro fire, and um, he was like, you know, is that worth it? Is that something that we should do? And I was like, um, not really. Like, you can't, <laughs> the only thing you can really switch out, switch in and out of there is bullets you know everything else is and i guess primers and we found bullets that work better we did for sure um but it, it just makes it a lot easier because you don't usually powder is your biggest yep. problem yep. that you're having to try and work around and uh that triple eight powder is extremely efficient extremely so, consistent yeah yeah um so and let, I, oh go ahead sorry i will kind of we're gonna go down just a small rabbit trail here okay <laughs> a, a little one yeah a little a one. big one no just a little one okay little <laughs> it's like a cottontail like uh. <laughs> <laughs> um you know if you really want to get and i know with the paramounts and everything that's kind of changed everything mm-hmm. um you know most of you guys shooting wolves or or a side lock or flintlock or something like that mm-hmm. probably not as concerned with the sds and es's um being a closer range weapon hundred yards whatnot, yeah with the flintlocks and stuff but we're getting into the paramounts and stuff with the 40 caliber just blazing hot speeds mm-hmm. um, you know no reason why you can't take a deer elk at 500 yards with one of those mm-hmm. um, that's when your sds and ESs become really important so a lot of guys will even weight sort their bullets um, and 
because obviously when they're just making bullets at a manufacturer, they're pumping them out as fast as possible. And mm. yeah, they should be close. But if you get one that's five or 10 grains different than another one, that would be excessive. But mm-hmm. even just a couple of grains, that's going to drastically change your SDs and ESs mm-hmm. because of that weight difference. So a lot of people will even weight sort like, okay, I got 25 bullets here. Okay, that one's within half a grain that one's within half a grain oh this one's 1.5 over or less Mm -hmm. and and then you kind of weight sort your package of 25 or whatever you've got of bullets into different categories and then you can shoot those together so that you get the tightest sds and es's yeah for sure and i think that um, it's cool that we can do that in muzzleloading now where there's actually need for some of the scientific approach, you oh, know, it's awesome. Cause like you said with the wolf and we'll get into some of that later, but with the wolf, there's really a lot fewer loads that are going to mm-hmm. work because you have a shorter barrel. Um, you know, so the load development's kind of laid out for you. Same with the nitro fire. And I think that's also good because when you have people that don't really want to get into the scientific yeah. approach, they just want yeah. something that's going to get them out there be able to kill a deer at a hundred yards and you know, you can hit a three inch group consistently with pretty much any load with any of those muzzleloaders. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice that you have that diversity. Uh, so are you ready to move on or do you have more to say there? Is it, is the rabbit hole? Did we find the That's end good. of it? That's good. I mean, there's obviously, um, you know, you can weigh your powder charges as well instead mm-hmm. of doing it volumetrically and stuff like that. But it's, those are all things that just are nitpicky that will get you the best group possible yeah yeah and nitpicky is sometimes important because the de- you know the devil's in the details and so you want to make sure you're paying attention to the details as much as you can um you know i think there's some times where you can just probably get way too into it you know yeah i've uh i've definitely been there um <laughs> <laughs> i mean i jumped way down into that just wanting to get down to that three SD mark, you know, and, and, uh, until I started doing a little bit more research and, uh, found out that a three S, you know, anywhere sub 10, mm-hmm. um, is only a 1% hit increase at a thousand yards. That's crazy. Yeah. But, so it's, I mean, <laughs> and now is that per one down from 10 so like if you got from 10 to 3 would that be a 7% increase in no. 1000 yards no that's like from 10 to 1 oh wow yeah okay so that's not literally nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> 10 to 10 to 0 is a 1% if i had a 0 sd which is impossible um you know then i would 1% increase one 1% hit increase at 1000 yards yeah. so i might pick up three points at all entire match it's like mm. not worth it <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> maybe even one point you know and can yeah. i even shoot that good mm-hmm. probably not yeah your time is better spent at the range practicing absolutely than, you know yeah, absolutely <laughs> in your so, garage trying to get a lower sd yeah so sub 10 is good enough i've even had matches where i just had to i was on crunch time and i'm like okay this is shooting 15 sd mm-hmm. but the group is you know sub half yeah like okay, this is gonna have to be good enough for this match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for a muzzleloader, you know, even sub fifteen, I would say, is great mm-hmm. for a muzzleloader. For sure, yeah. Well, and I think it too. Like now, we want to get into the what SDs and ESs are because 
we've been talking about them a lot this podcast. And, <laughs> now and that we've hooked you. Kinda, kinda, <laughs> I'm sure some of the people are kind of lost. But um, I never knew about SDs and ESs growing up because it was never really that important. You yeah. know, it's like if you have a 30-out-6 that shoots a one-inch group at 100 yards, who cares about the rest of it? Um, but now when your average Joe can buy a Bergara HMR Pro and shoot a 1,000 yards – Every, you know the the knowledge of SDs and ES is people are starting to have to learn all this mm-hmm. stuff, um, yeah. and we're seeing the same thing in muzzle loading. Where before you would have had to buy like a ten thousand dollar Gunworks muzzle loader, and uh, you know in order to shoot these you know seven hundred yard ranges. Yeah. yeah. Now you can get a Paramount HTR and, with forty cal for yeah. under well under two thousand dollars. You know with a scope and everything like that, and you're having to figure out what these SDs and ESs are because they're going to start to matter. You yeah, know? So. absolutely. Especially with the birth of the 40 caliber. I mm-hmm. mean, that's your ballistics on the 40 caliber are really similar to a 300 Winchester Magnum. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I mean, there's no reason. Bless you. A <coughs> frog in there. Look at the black lung pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's really important with those, especially if you plan on shooting 700 yards and, mm-hmm. and, and making, uh, you know, ethical hunting shot at, 700 might be unethical with a 40 caliber, yeah. but maybe five, you know. We won't get into the ethics of it. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it's just the ethics are a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, it, this is not an ethics podcast. We're yeah. just talking about possibilities. <laughs> we, maybe we'll have an ethics podcast. Right now we're talking, yeah, like it'll group consistently at 700 yards. Yeah. And yeah. if you have the right load. So let's go ahead and talk about what SDs and ESs are. So I actually have it. SDs are very complicated. ESs are very sim- simple. So yeah. Let's do SDs first, um, and I actually have a little description here. So standard deviation is the degree of dispersion or the scatter of the data points relative to its mean in descriptive statistics. It tells how the values are spread across the data sample, and it is the measure of the variation of the data points from the mean. The standard deviation of a sample, st- uh, statistical population, random variable, data set, or probability distribution is the square root of its variance. So I don't understand that. So if you're smarter than me and you can understand that, there's the information. In layman's terms, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like an average, but yeah, not. But more, but more complicated. Yes. Yeah, I would say that's the easiest way to to, to simplify it. It's, yeah. it's kind of like an average. So if you shoot three shots and you average those shots out, that's where your SD would be, but not exactly. Yeah, because it takes your average and then does something with it to figure out your standard deviation. Exactly. Um, Most equipment will do that for you nowadays. If you have mm-hmm. a good chronograph, you know, even like a Bluetooth chronograph, like a Caldwell, I think those are only like 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, those will figure that out for you. Uh, Lab Radar absolutely will tell you that. Um, and also, uh, our chronograph here doesn't do that, so I just record all the... the uh, velocities and then i come home and type it into google and you can just google like standard deviation calculator and it pulls one up and you can just plug in your your uh whatever they are your information velocities your velocities yeah i don't i can't remember <laughs> velocities for some reason my feet per second my feet per seconds and uh you just plug all that in and then it'll tell you what your standard deviation is there is a complicated equation of i will also put a picture of that on the screen so if you guys if you want to do it that way if yeah. you're mathematicians then you know maybe you want to try and do it that way just to show your work but i i tried to do it that way and this so the first time i ever did this i didn't know that how to do it and i didn't know that there was calculators and things so i was literally like 
I sat down and I wrote out the equation. I'm like, am I going to have to do this for every single group that I shot? And I had like 15 different groups and I was like, there is no way that I'm going to sit down here oh, and just amazing. write this all out. There has to be better. So I Google, I was like, okay, there's a calculator. Everything's fine. <laughs> but I was like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I but, did it by hand a couple times. Oh man. Yeah. I also just, I can't stand math. Math was always my worst subject in, in school. So, um, if I don't have to do that, then I'm not going to. <laughs> so that's why man invented calculators. That's then. exactly right. Um, so yeah, so basically your standard deviation, you have it's a lower standard deviation is going to be better because that means that there is less difference between your velocities, which means there's going to be more consistency between yeah. each shot. And then um, extreme spread is this the difference between your fastest shot and your slowest shot. Yeah. So if you shot a group of three and you shot two thousand four hundred and you shot two thousand three fifty and two thousand three seventy five, your extreme spread would be, you know. 2,400 and then 2,350 like that'd be your top and bottom of the group so um yeah extreme spreads extremely simple um <laughs> extremely. <laughs> extremely extremely that's what es stands for extremely simple <laughs> extremely simple that's right <laughs> um but standard deviation is also really important and you know if what i said is really confusing just remember low is good high is bad and you want to get it as low as possible yeah and so on both yeah on both and hopefully, you know, at some point we'll have, uh, you know, we're teamed up with LabRadar and we'll have LabRadars on the website. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually misspoke on extreme spread because your extreme spread would be 50 in that case, right? If you shot 2,400 and 2,350, yes. 50 would be your extreme yeah. spread because yeah. there's a difference of 50 feet yeah. per second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. I don't I think I catch said it. that very well. I didn't well. catch it the first time. So. <laughs> um, cool. So, and if you guys have questions on that, Google's your friend. Uh, you can comment below and we'll try and explain it as best we can. Give us a call. Um, as you can see, we have a very in-depth understanding of it. And so, <laughs> so in-depth. Yes. Um, cool. So that, that kind of begs the question, what SDs should I expect from a muzzleloader? Um, and that is also a loaded question, yeah. but uh, one that is answerable because it's going to depend on the powder, the primer, and what muzzleloader specifically you're yeah, using. Absolutely. Yep. So I think with like a, you know, Wolf or Optima or Acura or something like that, um, I wouldn't, you know, those are maybe the Acura. I'd say Wolf or Optima. Mm -hmm. Wolf and Optima, I probably wouldn't worry about too low of SDs. Yeah. I yeah. would say sub 25. I'd say that's even pretty ambitious because I, I was doing some groups. I was doing some testing with it and with pelletized powder which you're obviously going to have higher SDs there because the, mm -hmm. there's some inconsistencies between pellets. Um, but with pelletized powder, I was getting very reasonable groups with SDs of like 50 to 100. And sometimes even like up to 150, I was getting reasonable SDs. Um, well, and again, you can control that a little bit more by dumping all your pellets out and weighing them. Yeah. And then and grouping them together. For sure, yeah. And with pellets, it's even easier because you can actually scrape a little bit of powder off yeah. if you need to. Yeah. Um, not that, but I mean, even that can cause inconsistencies because you don't scrape it off evenly, then it's going to burn differently. So grouping them together is probably best. Uh, but if you're, if you're going to get that precise, then just use loose powder. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that, you know, just forget about that and use loose powder because loose powder, you can, uh, measure by weight if you want. Um, you can measure it by volume very, still really precisely. Um, but yeah, if you're shooting like a, a wolf, and you're shooting pellets like just you're, you're just starting out muzzle loading if your standard deviation 
First of all, if you're shooting pellets, you probably don't even care about it. Yeah, so you can go true. listen to one of our that's other true. podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, if you are, then 50 to 100, totally fine. Like, I wouldn't concern yourself with that. Um, now, with Blackhorn out of the CVA uh, Paramount, yeah. um, I know that sub, like, low double digit to high single digit, like, that's a really achievable thing. If mm-hmm. you weigh your Blackhorn charges out and... Um, I know that's possible because I've <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people that have done it online and um, we haven't done it yet because we're actually I'm going out next week to put some rounds through the HTR for the first time. So but I'm when we about do, that, but my goal is sub 15. Yeah, sub 15 <laughs> is it's achievable for sure. And um, that's definitely something you can work towards now you're probably still going to be fine if you're sub 25. Like, oh, sure. You know, you're not going to be losing too much sleep over that, but uh, it is possible to get lower than that. So, yeah. especially if your group's good, you're sub mm-hmm. 25 and you've got a good group. Yeah. Then I wouldn't worry too much about uh, getting lower for sure. Yeah. And the, you know, those really, the SDs and the S's really matter at distance for mm-hmm. the, for the most part. Yes. Yeah. And so I would say with a standard muzzle, like a standard Magnum muzzle loader, if you're using loose powder, um, your SDs and ESs, I mean, they matter. Um, really, I think what we're trying to get at here is you're trying to find a load that's going to be accurate. Yep. And so the most important aspect of this whole thing is what group size should you expect from your muzzleloader? Um, and I would say with an entry-level muzzleloader like a Buckstalker or a Wolf, um, if you're shooting three inches at 100 yards, that's totally fine. Um, you probably can get it lower than that. You can get, I've you know, I've shot better groups than that with those muzzleloaders, but... Um, really you're not going to be shooting much farther than 100 yards with those muzzle loaders and a three inch group is going to be a kill shot every time yeah so. yeah um i'm just going to go on a little side tangent just because i thought it was really interesting when we shot the nitro fire mm-hmm. we got a, was a three i can't remember it was extremely low it was very a low th- single i'm pretty digit. sure it was a three we shot quite a few different bullets and there was only one combination that worked like this but uh uh, we shot a three, I'm fairly certain, three SD, mm-hmm. the nitro fire with the triple eight powder with just the fire sticks. I was like, it's wow, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, yeah. we, obviously that was an anomaly because we shot a bunch of different bullets and that was the only bullet paired with that powder that shot that low SD. That was the, it was power belt platinum, platinum wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Three, 338. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. 338 grain power belt platinum. Yeah. Pretty with crazy. Pretty crazy. Was that, it was the hundred grain fire sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the only ones that we've had so yeah. far. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's the ones that I know we were shooting that day. Regardless, but that was so. insane. And I'm obviously not promising you that that's going to happen if you buy a nitro fire and shoot power belt platinums. But uh, but it is it is it a, was pretty cool. The fire sticks are very consistently measured, and yeah. I think that was probably when the, the fire when the nitro fire first came out. That was probably my biggest concern was mm-hmm. that there was going to be inconsistencies in the in the loads and that has not been our experience at all um they've been very consistent yeah, so pretty sweet yeah that's pretty cool doesn't get see. much better than three yeah <laughs> especially does, with yeah. the muzzle loader um get any better yeah. I've many center fire loads that i've shot that haven't even been close to that yeah that's pretty <laughs> insane um yeah and so and like with i would say with an with an accurate with the nitro fire like nitro fire i'd say you know you could pretty easily if you're getting those single digit sds and stuff if you found a bullet that's going to shoot that well you should be able to shoot a group you know one inch at 100 oh, yards absolutely. pretty easily yeah. um 
the Acura uh, and the Vortec, those will group one inch at 100 yards pretty – I mean, yeah, that should be pretty much a given. Uh, you can you might get a little bit bigger than that, but you should be able to f- find a load that's going to shoot yeah, one MOA sure. at yeah. 100 yards with those muzzle loaders. Um, and the Optima is kind of like that middle ground. Uh, who knows? You could probably find a load that's going to shoot an inch, um, but I wouldn't expect it to do so yeah. uh, if you're shooting – you know, two inches at a hundred yards, that's pretty good. Um, but you could probably get it lower, but just don't, it's all about ex- expectations. Like if you're yeah. expecting a muzzle loader to do something and it doesn't do it, then you're just kind of like disappointed. Then you're so. doing something wrong. Try something else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. So we talked about that. Let's kind of move on here. Um, what are some reasons that you could have a higher than usual SD? So like, let's say you're, you're shooting your HDR, and you have an SD that's like a hundred or something. Like what? Ooh. What's going on around there? Yeah, I mean, typically that's just a wrong combination. Whatever. If you're shooting that kind of SD, you've just got the wrong combination somewhere. You yeah. know, you're maybe trying a Magnum primer or a non-Magnum primer. Those that those all make a huge mm-hmm. difference. And um, we found, and CVA found that the non-Magnums actually work better with that because they're less abusive. They're more mm-hmm. uh, consistent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too much powder, too little powder. Mm-hmm. It's all about finding that right combination. And you kind of just got to narrow it down just by shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out there and you shoot and you look at your SDs and the S's and you go, whoo, that's got to change something. And then yeah. you change. I mean, it's even, I've had it to where I've changed one thing. And, uh, you know, back when I first started doing load development and stuff, I was like, how much does a primer really matter? Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. And so I just switched from one brand. It wasn't even like going from a Magnum to a non-Magnum. I think I was shooting CCIs. It's like, I wonder what happens if I go to like a Federal. Mm-hmm. And so I switched to a Federal primer and tried that out. And just the difference in just that is like, wow, that is not what I was yeah. expecting. I was young and naive. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more, like I said, you dive into this and it's it's all science, you know, mm-hmm. gunpowder and explosions. And it's that's what's so fascinating about it to me is just all the tiny little variables make the difference, you know. Um, For sure. Even, you know, how hard you pack your powder, uh, making sure you're consistent mm-hmm. with how that's you true. drop that ramrod down the barrel. And, okay, I got one bounce that came up a half an inch that's that's where i want to leave it or okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna bounce it twice okay it's it's seated yep. good obviously you want to make sure that bullet's seated good to prevent any damage yeah but then just how much pressure how you do it you know making sure you're consistent in every little tiny thing that you do every single time that's what gets you the best sds and es's for sure <laughs> so if you're seeing a large spread or big sd number it's got to try something different yeah and i would say that with the hdr there is so many things that you can do like i would say your your breech plug seating depth that can change it because if you're seating your breech plug like you know if you're just going herculean tight on it you know then that's going to cause a little bit of extra blowback that could possibly affect your sds so usually with the breech plug you just want to go till it's firm and then just give it a little bit more and then you're good i would even go one further than that um i'm a big fan of using a torque wrench for everything Mm -hmm. and having the exact same torque on your breech plug every single time definitely appealing to me 
I'd go you even know. further than that. I'd get a torque wrench for the torque wrench <laughs> to make sure that it's properly. That's too fine. Too fine. Too fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're saying too about you know packing it down. Like with the HTR, they you know they say go down and then push on it till you hear like a, a pop and then you're good to go. Don't just keep just ramming it down yeah, there don't do that. <laughs> um, because that is there's so I'd say like black powder has the potential to be even more. Um, more variables than even like center fire oh absolutely um, without a doubt because it i mean it's so 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 many things that are different between yeah. each shot and so that's why removing those variables like by weighing uh, uh measuring by weight instead of volume because like let's say you're having just crazy just crazy inaccuracy with an accurate or something like that is something as simple as you know you pour your powder into a, a volumetric powder measure and then you tap it a few times and pour a little more in versus you pour it in there and level it off and go like, I mean, that's a, a significant enough difference that that oh, could cause huge. Yeah. It's like, that's going to, and that's something that's so You're talking about like a 10 grain variance in weight. Exactly. <laughs> by yeah. tapping it. Yeah. And that's why it's like, we, you know, if you're going to measure by volume, fill up your powder measure, level it off and do that every yep. time because if you tap you're going to get inconsistencies because you every might time. tap twice once and you might tap three times another time and you know it's, it's just or it just packs different because yeah the way that the flakes are in there or, yeah, yeah anything and so yeah if, if you're going to be doing very precise things measure by weight if you're wanting to be accurate and by measuring by volume which you can you can still oh, get yeah. a one inch group at 100 Absolutely. yards measuring by volume but just make sure that you're do the same thing every doing time. the exact same thing every single time. Um, and especially when you're doing load development, because if you do one thing a certain way for one control group and you do one thing a different way for a different control group, then it's just you're losing out on the details. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um, another thing that we can talk about, too, is uh, issues with the chronograph, because sometimes mm -hmm. black powder can really mess with chronographs. That was a challenge that we had for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the smoke kind of gets in the way a lot of times, and um, I, I still don't think I've quite figured out the best way to set up my lab radar on a muzzle loader. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'd like to try some other different things. Um, I got a different stand on order so that I can keep it closer to here instead mm -hmm. of way out by the muzzle and i think that might help maybe keeping it further out to the right i don't i haven't quite figured out the right combination yet but yeah <clears throat> and even the the ones that you shoot over and which are super i, I <laughs> wouldn't suggest those for a mm -hmm. muzzle loader just because it basically counts the time from counts the shadow of the bullet yeah so it tracks the shadow of the bullet over a little sensor mm -hmm. and that's why it has lights on it and when that bullet goes through that sensor it measures the amount of time it get, takes to get from the front to the or the back to the front mm -hmm. and if there's a bunch of smoke in the way it's not going to accurately ch track yeah. the shadow of that bullet because it's casting other shadows for sure yeah i think you kind of ran into that with your super high velocities on the wolf <laughs> yeah yeah i was there was there was a, a group that i shot with the wolf that so i shot two groups of three and the first group was like reasonable i mean it was like what you'd expect from a wolf but then i shot the next group and it was saying that i was shooting like 2400 feet per second and i was like what is going on around here like that's absolutely like that's not happening and the strange <laughs> thing was it was three shots in a row mm -hmm. and they were all super close together which is even more of an anomaly because yeah. normally because i've had that same issue before shooting over a chronograph and normally it's like you get one that says 2400 mm -hmm. and then another one that says 1700 and then another one that says 2300 or whatever some mm -hmm. like a 
vast difference. But the the fact that you got three that were so that were so together. close together at that high speed, I'm like, that's I've that's never an seen anomaly. Like that. that was very strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so smoke can definitely mess with that. Um, and sabos is another thing yep. that we've found that have that can cause issues with that, especially if you're shooting through like the the one you shoot through that measures the shadows mm-hmm. because the sabo can start to it's like starting to come off and like you know yeah. that that's inconsistency multiple shadows yeah so i mean if you're shooting an extremely tight group and you're having a little bit of weirdness with your sds then don't necessarily <clears throat> man you're choking up don't oh, necessarily hopeless. lose sleep over that because you're in, in the end you're achieving the result you want you're getting a tight group yeah. and so that's really what matters at the end of the day but uh, yeah, and so I would say, focus on your group. Worry about your SDs a little bit. It's more important if you're using the, you know, long range muzzle loaders mm-hmm. like the CVA Paramount series and the Remington 700. Um, less important if you're doing stuff like which is a standard Magnum. Yeah, I think like the all copper bullets and stuff would be easier to track on a mm-hmm. on a like a lab radar or something yeah. like that. Like Thor would be extremely easy because it's just there's no. It's just a bullet. Like, it's literally just a bullet. Only they made 40 caliber Thors. I know. <laughs> I know. We'll see. <clears throat> you know. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Um, but, yeah. So, this all begs the question, too. Can you do load development without a chronograph? Um, I would say yes. Sure. Because for the reason we just stated, I mean, you can, you're not necessarily, if you have a Paramount, I definitely recommend getting one. Um, it's just going to be helpful. But if you're shooting just, an Acura, then just pay attention to group size. If your group isn't very good, make some adjustments, shoot, shoot it again. again, make some adjustments, shoot it again, and then you'll eventually find a group that's good. Um, but it's all about taking the scientific approach, except you're not, you don't have the the extra information of your velocities. Yeah. You're just trying to kind of play with it a little bit, you know, trial and it's a little more trial and error, I suppose I'd say. Yeah, and if you're, you know, got a HTR or Paramount Pro or something like that, think the chronograph is much more paramount see what i did there (laughs) (laughs) no no (laughs) um because if you're shooting 700 yards you know a thousand yards or whatever yeah uh you're gonna need that velocity Mm -hmm. and so it automatically keeps track of your sds and ESs anyway yeah so especially because if you're doing that you're gonna want to have uh, a scope that's probably going to need that information, whether it's a range yep. finding scope or a scope that is dialable, you're going to yeah. need your dope because yep. you're going to want to make sure you're able to, you know, where you're going to hit at that range. So, um, and you can go, go off of like the information that's given, um, from the manufacturer, but that's what's, that's the whole point of what we're talking about right now is Those that everything super, is different. If know? I went off the, if I went off the manufacturer data for like a factory load, out of a competition rifle, let's just say, because I'm going to take it back to what I know best, mm-hmm. I would never even hit a target. Yeah. You know, they test those in like a 24-inch barrel with in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And so the velocities are, I think, 2,700 feet per second on a 6.5 Creedmoor, let's say. Yeah. And then I shoot it out of my competition gun, which is a hand lap barrel, much smoother Mm -hmm. so it's obviously going to speed up that bullet and then i'm shooting a 26 inch barrel instead of a 24 Mm -hmm. now i'm shooting 2850 like that's 150 feet per second difference that's not even (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I didn't get, get me yeah. in the ballpark. So I definitely always recommend getting your own data. Yeah, for sure. It's always better. It's always better to do, uh, do your own work than trust somebody else, especially if you're just going to take their word for it and not even practice. Like if you're just yeah. going to take somebody's word for it and go on a hunt and Good luck. say you miss, <laughs> like that's not, that's on, that's on you because you know, you need to do the practice. You need to put in the work to make sure that your muzzleloader is going to hit where uh, it is. Cause at the end of the day, you're the one that's caught holding the bag, not the other guy. You're, I mean, you're the one that doesn't go home filled with a tag filled. So, and just to take that a little bit further too, for people who are watching this podcast uh, or listening to it, say yeah um could be both could be both or either <laughs> one or both yeah um you know even elevation makes a difference mm-hmm. a big a pretty huge, sizable difference huge difference because the thinner the air the faster the bullet and the thicker the air the slower the bullet i mean then mm-hmm. it just makes sense yeah um and so knowing where you're gonna hunt the elevation there, having all that data to plug into your calculator, whatever you're using, um, is absolutely paramount. <sighs> Man. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it. That's enough. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say before we close it up? I think I'm good. Just okay. have all your data. Are you sure you want to end on that? I want to, I want to make one more paramount joke. Out oh. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I had fun. Hopefully you guys learned some stuff. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, click subscribe, and click the bell to receive notifications whenever we post content. Uh, we do a weekly podcast right now. Uh, we post on Fridays just uh, other types of YouTube videos like um, you know, lo- any load development stuff that we do. We've done a lot of that recently, uh, product reviews, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then also we try and do like a short on on monday so if you sure, guys are into that yeah. that tiktok content make sure you try to post a comment down there too on whether you enjoyed the paramount jokes or if you're with <laughs> darren and did not enjoy them. yeah if you like the paramount <laughs> jokes then you know i'll keep them rolling yeah that's <laughs> then i guess i'm gonna have to find a new job <laughs> so, um but yeah and uh we really appreciate all you guys you guys have been so awesome uh with this podcast and it's fun to see it grow and we've been doing it for i think this would be, end up being episode like 33 or something like that so uh it's really cool i've had a great time doing it and uh if you guys enjoy it make sure to let us know in the comments if you guys have ideas or questions that you want answered on the podcast leave those in the comments too and just put a little notation like hey i want this answered on the podcast and then put the question otherwise we'll just answer it in the comments so that you can have your information right away um and uh yeah thank you guys so much and we will see you on the next episode of the muzzleloaders podcast 